Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Akin Speaks. This episode marks the third in our series on social organizations at Duke, and today we are focusing on National Panhellenic Council organizations, which consist of historically African-American sororities and fraternities. Today we were joined by two wonderful individuals who spoke to what it means to be an NPHC member here on campus. I honestly found this conversation to be very inspiring just in hearing about the strong bonds between the members and the moral and historical values that the groups have all pledged to uphold. I hope that you also learned something from the conversation. So without further ado, on to the episode. Can you guys share your name and year so our listeners can become more familiar? Sure. So my name is Amir and I am a senior class of 2018. And my name is Ahi Inyokai. I'm a senior, class of 2018 as well. Awesome. So what made you both initially decide to pursue joining your respective organizations? I think a lot of people's answers are going to have a lot of the same core elements. They, uh, they related to the national like tenets of their organization. Uh, they probably felt very comfortable with the, the members that were on the yard or on campus at that time. Um, but for me, um, I guess like my X factor was I asked each member what their life goal was at an interest meeting, whatever I went as a freshman, and um, each person's goal was kind of philanthropic in a way. Uh, I still remember them to this day. One wanted to start like a, uh, a a tech institute in South Africa. Another one wanted to start a nonprofit for for youth in Chicago. So it's just this feeling of yeah, exactly this feeling of um, <laughs> you should uh, you should you should help other people out as you climb. And so that's been something that's kind of stuck with me. Uh, all these years. How that? Yeah, that's great. I would agree with a lot of those points. For me, my mom and my grandma are both members of my organization, um, and so I kind of was familiar with it and just saw like the amazing sisterhood that they had from it. And coming to campus, I had my eyes peeled, just kind of looking to see what the different organizations were, and um, I saw the women in my organization, and I just saw how they were involved in so many different spheres on campus and they were leaders and change makers in their community and just doing really great things and I kind of just made it my mission to be a part of that excellence. And so I would say just seeing them and the work that they did in the Duke community is what propelled me to really be passionate about becoming a member. How many of your good friends at the time decided to join as well or were kind of interested in that? Um. For me, Justin Sapp, he was, he lived like eight doors down from me. Um, yeah, we ended up joining together and we became LBs. We roomed next to each other sophomore year. Now we're rooming as like on our final year on campus. Oh, nice. It's been from the beginning to the end. It's been a nice road. So you guys were really great <laughs> friends to start as oh, well? Yeah, or, yeah, okay, amazing. that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Amir? I also have um, a few people in my chapter who I was really close with before becoming members, but like, I would say it just so happened that we both had the same passion to join, but our decisions were independent of one another. Um, so I have a friend, now my line sister, Chelsea and Ebony and Jasmine, who are all also class of 2018. So we kind of started the Duke experience together and um, went through the intake process together. That makes sense. Oh, and that brings us to our next question, which is looking back, is there any sort of advice that you wish you had had going into the intake process or was it kind of like a learn as you go type of thing? 
Yeah, for me, I don't know if there's any piece of advice that would have been super impactful to my experience when becoming a member. I think that it was a really special time to just learn so much about the work of my organization and the women who came before us. Um, and I think that, you know, if you get too much advice before starting an experience, it can give you a lot of preconceived notions. Like psych you out a little bit. Right, anyway. yeah, and just kind of like have you expecting things that are different from like who you are and what you might experience. And so I think that... I was really happy with um, what I did know and was able to enjoy the experience for what it was. Yeah. Um, for me, it would come down to just being okay with being imperfect. I think um, I learned, like you said, we had to learn a lot of our history and whatnot and um, a lot of greats that came before me and a lot of people I looked up to on campus. Um, and as a freshman, it's very easy to compare yourself to these people who are a little further along the process and just feel inadequate, but just, you know, I wish I could have told a younger me that it's okay to be imperfect right now, that you will have time to progress and develop as an individual. Yeah, I feel like that can apply for everyone, really. I was like, wow, that's true. Yeah, that's good. So how do you think, now that you've been in Greek life for a couple of years, has it impacted your experience here at Duke? It's kind of a broad question, but socially or just morally, whatever you want to kind of speak to. I would say um, socially, I think a lot of Greeks probably experience this, but um, for example, if I'm shy or introverted on a certain given day, I think some people might take that the wrong way, like I'm being standoffish or I might be kind of elitist because I'm in an organization you're not. Uh, while that might not be quite attributed to a different individual that was mm, affiliated. So I think, exactly. So I think a lot of us uh, kind of as a preventative measure have to be a lot more extroverted on the average so that people don't get the wrong ideas and whatnot. Um, and I think over time that it kind of works in making you more of um, an extra, did I say extrovert or introverted? No, you said extrovert. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think a lot of us end up being a lot more extroverted on the average and uh, making a lot more connections um, and being a lot more social than we might have been had we not uh, joined our respective organizations. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, I agree. And I would also say that it just gives you like a higher sense of consciousness in the way that you carry yourself on campus. And that doesn't mean that you're putting on a front that's not genuine, but it just means that um, you understand that there's a certain weight that you carry in a way that you need to represent your organization for all the people that set it out before you. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a way of honoring and respecting what was already established. Um, and there's a phrase that my big sisters always use that's like, you're always wearing your letters. So even if you're not physically wearing a t-shirt that says your, the name of your organization people do associate you with that and will then use whatever you put out into the world to kind of reflect right. on that organization so, so you inevitably just are always then holding yourself to a higher standard for your organization as absolutely a whole. yeah interesting what do you think are the sort of greatest benefits that you've received from being in greek life and are there any detractors that you would add to that just kind of as a pros cons sort of thing um, benefit wise would definitely be I feel like everybody gets this answer, but the bonds. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, man, uh, I'll say like my best moments have been magnified because I had uh, my brothers around me for those moments. They were the ones cheering me on when um, I didn't quite believe I could do something. They were the ones there for me whenever it's time to celebrate and whatnot. Um, and then they're also the ones on the flip side that they give you the hard advice that you might not want to hear sometimes or when you're not having a good day or week, they're the ones there supporting you. So it's just having that, that network at all times, I think it's contributed to me always feeling like I was a part of the Duke community and I always had a place here. Uh, and I know that might not be true necessarily for everybody. Right, yeah, that's wonderful.
Yeah, for me, I would definitely say that the best part is my line sisters. Um, just having people who love me unconditionally, people I can go to for anything at all without worry or hesitation. I think that's so special. And I know that a lot of people go through their Duke experience without having that bond. And so I'm just so grateful that I am able to have that um, and use it when I need it and also give it to them when they need it. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think just to go back, was there a second part of the question too? It's both benefits and detractors. Okay. Right? So in terms of to. detractors, I would say when I first joined the organization, there were definitely times where I became overwhelmed with like the amount of work, you know, mm-hmm. balancing my schoolwork, balancing planning the logistics for an event coming up, making sure that everything was good nationally and we were in compliance. Like it's just a lot of balls that you have to juggle, but I think yeah. that after you kind of hit the ground running and get your feet rooted, you are able to kind of learn the art of it and like mm-hmm. learn how to just champion all of it. And you grow because yeah, of that. Yeah, for sure. Beginning. It teaches you how to like truly multitask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it teaches you how to be more efficient just in life in general because you have all these tasks that you're balancing at once. That makes sense. So I, 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 this is a question we both had. What charitable or like social causes does your organization sort of champion like throughout the year? Like what do you guys like focus on? Um, so we have a program called Go to High School, Go to College. Basically, it's encouraging um, lots of time individuals that look like us, right? Uh, black males in high school that might not think college is an opportunity for them. It uh, is basically encouraging them and showing them that, you know, we did it, so you definitely can do it. So one of my favorite activities of the year is every November, right before Thanksgiving, we host about like 16 kids from Charlotte for a weekend. And to the whole weekend is just dedicated to showing them events. We, we I mean, we give them the full college experience. We wow, them, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, we let them go so to parties, awesome. probates. Um, we just hang out with them, play games, show them around campus, and just... They must be so excited. Oh, yeah, no, they, they have a wow. blast. I recently uh, just got in the mail, like, a letter from each one of them thanking me for the experience. Oh, that's so, like, so sweet. It's an wow. opportunity to have, like, that impact, like, immediately pay it forward. Yeah, um, Because sure. that was something that kind of resonated with me. I'm first. just curious, do they have to, like sign up for this like what what's the process on the other side it's actually a two-way thing so we partner with um so we're an undergraduate chapter obviously but there's some um alumni chapter so there's an alumni chapter in charlotte that we're really close with because of a past brother so it's just been a tradition that we, we always uh basically partner with them for this organization and these kids are part of a program that year long they're kind of being mentored by the chapter in charlotte so this is just like one excursion for them. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so for my organization, um, everything that we do kind of centers around this programmatic thrust that focuses on educational development, international awareness and involvement, political involvement, things like that. Um, So most of the service activities that we do stem from that. And this weekend, actually, we did some work with Book Harvest of North Carolina, and we were sorting books to be donated to children in need. Um, and this was just like really special for us because our first national organization was a traveling bookmobile in like 1937. Oh, cool. So it was just a way wow. to kind of honor what has been done before yeah. us mm-hmm. and see that work and kind of emulate it and just carry it forward. So it's really awesome to live out the legacy that had been set. Oh, that's great. We're trying to ask questions that kind of have to do with the social life aspects so sort of like mm-hmm. what sort of events like what's the programming like just to get a sense for that um, for any students that might be curious I was just gonna say I think that one thing people may not know in the wider community is that our organizations are less of 
social organizations? Really not that at all. We're really based in social action. And the reason that we were established was to really pour into the Duke, I mean, pour into the black community um, and just give back in ways that were empowering and beneficial. And so a lot of our programming is service programming. Um, we do a lot of things to benefit the black community. So my organization, every year we have like a black faculty mixer where students can meet professors um, who are in their fields and can just give advice, things like that. Um, we have different service events. Other like mentoring events, we'll have like a girls' night for mental health. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things like that that so just important. really so things just the black that like community. build each other up and that yeah. sort of thing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, to kind of build off top of that and what Amir said earlier, uh, sometimes you feel like you're juggling uh, a lot of hats. So you definitely have the events that are social activism, right? We host an event every year where we basically get a panel full of. Uh, black and Hispanic workers here that might not have a voice or a platform, mm -hmm. and we basically would, you know, make them a panel and give them that platform in front of students so they can kind of voice their opinions. Then we do for Lyft and Bree, uh, we have um, all kinds of events. You might even have events like a uh, track here. You just meant to, you know, get the community together and having fun. Um, so an average year, it just sees you doing. Um, events in all kinds of spheres, and that's kind of mm -hmm. the fun of it sometimes. That's yeah. yeah, I would say our organizations are pretty dynamic. We do a lot yeah. of different things. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, our next question is What does the concept of sisterhood or brotherhood within your organization sort of mean to you, and how do you find that it manifests in sort of the relationships you've built? So, I would say that it's unconditional love and support at all times like through every season and every endeavor in life um, so your highest of highs and your lowest of lows your sister is always going to be there for you and you can trust that and have no doubt in that um, and I think it's just a beautiful thing because you're just able to kind of move forward with that confidence knowing that someone's always going to be there for you and that no matter where you are in life you're going to have that backbone and that support mm -hmm. um, and so I mentioned earlier that my mom is also a member of my organization it's just been cool um, to see her kind of talk about her experiences and how when she first got married her line sisters were there when she had her first child her line sisters were there and they've just always been there and I know that I can look forward um, with expecting eyes knowing that that's going to yeah, happen yeah that's amazing yeah, um, it's it's like it's hard to describe because it's like asking another individual like what does it mean to be a good sibling to your right blood or what is family to you yeah. or something. Um, it just means like being what you have to be at that moment. Sometimes mm. it's mentoring the younger ones. Yeah. Sometimes it's mm. being a listener because sometimes somebody just needs that shoulder to listen to. Sometimes it means like I said earlier, like being a person to sit them down and say, you know, you're kind of in the wrong and. I want this I want this to come from me because it's coming from a loving place mm -hmm. in me as opposed to like somebody else that might say it um, kind of more aggressive or might say it in a, a more not forgiving way. So yeah. it just means like being whatever your brother needs and and knowing that everything you do for each other is for each other's best so that you can like reach your best form basically. Yeah, I think that's so important when you talked about the piece on honesty because it's not always like warm and fuzzy uh, and rainbows. Like no, you have people who are going to give it to you straight and give it to you real because you trust them and you know that they have your best interests yeah. in heart and that they love you and it's coming from that place. So yeah. those are valuable people to have. Yeah, like, yeah sometimes. You need that. For sure. And that's just, I'd be like, 
what you guys are saying, like, that sounds very calming, mm-hmm. like, knowing, because, like, everyone experiences hard times in life, like, mm-hmm. it's just inevitable, it's gonna happen, so to know that you guys have that support is yeah. really, really awesome. Oh, yeah. Especially in a place like Tooth. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it will drag you. <laughs> it, it, yeah, like, you, there's lots of times where you, you doubt yourself, or you're just, mm-hmm. you just need that outside opinion, and mm-hmm. you can always trust that they have your best intentions yeah. um, in mind for you, so it, it's almost like having another set of eyes, or another... Mm-hmm another heartbreaker for you so our next question <laughs> kind of has to go along with what you were saying Amira about how you can always look forward like with expecting eyes I think you said I thought that was a good way of putting it <laughs> to having like you know whether your brothers or your sisters there for you after graduation mm-hmm. so so how do you plan to like remain connected with those people even after you all are not at Duke anymore do you like have specific things in mind yeah, so remaining connected to our organizations is really important. Um, I think Ahi would agree. So all of our organizations um, call for a lifetime commitment, and we know that when we're joining. So um, it's really important to me to remain engaged. I plan to join an alumni chapter after mm-hmm. I graduate. I'm going to be moving to California, so looking nice. at like the Oakland chapter um, of my organization. And I'm also planning to live with someone who is a member of my organization at another school, so keeping the sisterhood close in that way. Um, and then just like going on trips with my line sisters, I'm already kind of planning things in, in my head, okay. things that we're going to do. So like them coming and visiting me in California and me going out in New York or wherever they are um, and just spending time together outside of like college life and being able to remain connected at all times. That's great. Um, yeah, she said it perfectly. Uh, it is a lifetime commitment. So at the end, you, ideally these three years or two years that you're in college will be the lesser part of your role in your organization. So just making sure that you end up in a graduate chapter wherever you go. And then, um, yeah, technology makes it so easy to stay connected with with people these days. So um, one of my brothers actually just turned 21 this weekend, and we had four or five alumni fly in from D.C. Wow, that's incredible. So yeah, just making sure that um, no matter what the time is, like you always stay connected, coming back to campus, taking trips with each other. Um, I have a brother actually who uh, graduated last year. He's getting married uh, September 1st, and so I'm one of the groomsmen. So I guess that would be a perfect moment for us all to connect. It's just, uh, I plan on having them at all my big life events yeah, uh, yeah. for the foreseeable future. So just making sure that we keep up with each other like that. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah. ahead. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes, that's awesome. That makes sense. So the other question that we have is, what sort of roles have you served um, during your time as a member in your organization, and how have those potentially impacted your experience? Yeah, when I first joined, I was the historian for the chapter, so I was in charge of keeping a record of whatever we did for that semester. Um, after that, I was dean, so I was in charge of bringing in new members, uh, vice president, so I was also in charge of internal affairs, and then now I'm president. Um, so it's been kind of a, a road, and with the increasing roles in my chapter, I've seen my confidence grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at first, I had to ask questions for everything because I was a newbie and I was afraid to get things wrong and whatnot, but now I have a more general feel for how things should go, and it's kind of weird having uh, a lot of the younger brothers come to me for answers all the time whenever right. I, I feel like it was just last week when I was the one asking questions. So it's been um, a lot of growth both personally and professionally. Mm. So when I joined my organization, I was the financial secretary. So I was in charge of handling the internal audit and making sure that we had everything together um, for our financials to be in compliance with our national organization. And now I am the president of my chapter. Um, I would definitely say that it 
has grown my confidence, like Aggie said. And I think just being in front of all the work and kind of at the head of it, you gain a stronger sense of pride and just like respect for all the work that goes into it. And I would also agree um, that it's pretty cool to look back and reflect and just see how much I've grown. Because I know when I was first president and I just got that position, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But, you know, I was able to lean on people who had come before me. And so I think that support was also really cool to have. That makes sense. So now that you are both seniors and have gone through a variety of roles and whatnot, how would you say that... Greek life in general, or I guess your organization has evolved over time as you kind of have evolved with it? Um, I would say Greek life uh, in general is a lot more peaceful now. Um, I think back whenever I was a freshman, there were some bigger personalities on the yard, and so there might have been a lot more conflicts. I think Amir knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) I agree. But I think as a testament to how close 2018 is and how the, the the campus has changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's just not as much drama. There's a lot more peace, a lot more um, collaboration. So you see a lot more working together um, than we did whenever I was a freshman. That's great. Yeah, plus one on that for sure. I would say it's been cool to watch, um, just watch myself go through, you know, getting older in MPHC. I think that. I definitely feel a lot closer to the people in the council because a lot of them are in class of 2018 and they also came after us and we're kind of able to see how we get along so well and I think they want that for themselves too. Mm -hmm. So it's just cool to see us all getting along and supporting each other's events and things like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So is there any sort of parting advice that you might have for a student now who is trying to decide whether or not they want to join an MPHC organization? yeah, just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. I think there, uh, there's a lot of glam and glitz mm-hmm. uh, kind of associated with our different chapters and whatnot, um, but there are some deeper rooted issues and reasons why we were founded. And so making sure you really resonate with those reasons mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and realize that it is a lifetime commitment because um, you wouldn't want to make such a big decision hastily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would say also um, just being really intentional about the research you're doing on the organizations, looking at their values, seeing how that aligns with what you stand for, um, and just being incredibly thoughtful. I would say even like taking a step back outside of the Duke context and thinking about, okay, when I'm like 40, am I still going to want to be like doing work for this organization? Am I still going to want to be like on the front lines, like providing service to my community with people in the alumni chapter and just thinking about it as a lifetime commitment that it is, like A.E. said. Thank you so much, you guys. I learned so much and that was wonderful. I feel like fueled by this conversation. Thanks for having us. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Akin Speaks. If you want to check out more of our content, which includes videos, photo projects, and articles, you can do so at akin.collab.duke.edu. Hope that you're having a great day and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.